Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at infointegritygm.com or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through his word. Be blessed. Blessings to everyone and greetings in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah. Today we're going to be looking at Paul's letter to the Galatians. His Hebrew name is Shaul, and his Roman Greek name was Paul. And for most of the book of Acts, he is called Paul, especially as he is venturing into the Greek-speaking world. Now, as I have presented before, that this is the second letter chronologically in the New Covenant Scriptures. And for about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, I want to give you some of the background of this letter. We have just come out of Jacob, James. Jacob was the half-brother of Yeshua, of Jesus, a Jewish man who became an elder, a leader in the congregation in Jerusalem, writing to Jews scattered abroad, Jewish believers scattered abroad, probably happening after Acts chapter 8. And Yoni is in the studio again with me today, and he read from Acts chapter 8. And where they were scattered, Judea and Samaria, they went about preaching the word of God. And he's writing to them a persecuted congregation or church that is Jewish in every aspect. Remember, the gospel is a Jewish gospel. Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah. We're bringing forth the good news that was promised to Israel and to Judah. And the Messiah and salvation comes from the Jewish people. So this was a Jewish man writing to Jewish believers that were scattered abroad who were persecuted because of their faith. So between 40 and 48 A.D., we believe this letter was written. Go back and review the content of what we said about this letter. One thing I do want to emphasize about this letter is that Jacob is looking back on his actions. Contextually, works here is about his actions, how he lives his life. He's looking from the backside about how his works demonstrate his faith. Today, we're going into the letter of Galatians, and Shaul is going to be speaking from the front side of how we come into the kingdom of God by God's grace through faith. And he's going to be looking at it from the standpoint of circumcision of the flesh. And we'll get to that as we go through the text, how circumcision of the flesh is not necessary and is not a sign of the new covenant. And so we're saved by the grace of God through faith, and that is leading us to do good works for God. So I just want to say a few of those comments before we go into the book of Galatians, this letter. It is written around 48, 49 A.D. And in a second, Yoni, I'm going to ask you to ask some questions about the background. Mm -hmm. But around 48 to 49 A.D., after Acts chapter 13 and 14, these two chapters represent the first missionary journey that Barnabas and Shaul sent out from the Antioch church. Jewish believers, that's where we were first called Christians, was at Antioch. And this missionary journey is from 46 to 48 A.D. And when they go out to the region of Galatia, in the middle of that journey 
it starts to become Paul and Barnabas. Paul becomes more of the uh, spokesperson for the group, and you see how God begins to use Paul in such an incredible way that it started off Barnabas and Shaul, and then later on it was Paul and Barnabas. The first place that they always go is to the synagogue. That will line up with what Paul says in the Romans, in his letter to the Romans nine years later, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. They go to the synagogue. They preach in the synagogue. Some Jews come to faith. There is a rejection by the synagogue sometimes of what is being said by many of the Jews. They turn to the Gentiles, and in mass numbers, Gentiles are coming to faith. Sociologists have tried to explain this in many different ways, but the only way to explain this is that it was a work of God's Holy Spirit upon these Gentiles who are believing in the God of Abraham and the Messiah of the Jewish people to bring about a new covenant and the forgiveness of sins. Why would they believe in this if it was not the conviction of God's Holy Spirit? And if it cost them everything, right? It would, in time, begin to cost them everything within the Roman Empire. As the Roman Empire later on starts to come down and persecute anyone who names the name of Christ. That's really going to happen in a strong way during the time of Nero that we're going to look at later on. That's when Paul is executed, Peter is executed. Jewish believers are going to lose, or anyone who named the Christ, Jew or Gentile who named the name of Christ, is going to have their properties confiscated. Mm -hmm. And Christians are going to be put on crosses and burnt alive because of their faith. So it is building. And when you get to Romans, which is going to be nine years after this, it says all day long, Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, all day long we are being put to death like lambs led to the slaughter. Mm -hmm. So yes, it will eventually start costing them so much of what they have, what they possess, even their own lives, to name the name of Christ. Now remember, Christ is the word for the anointed one in the Greek language. Hmm. In the Hebrew language, it is Mashiach, Messiah. And so now Gentiles are coming to faith. And let's think about this for a moment. In the, so, old, co in the old covenant, we have Gentiles coming to faith, but now under this new covenant, we have Gentiles coming to faith. Yes, Yoni? And so this, what we're about to read in Galatians, is the first time you're seeing, I guess, mass conversions of Gentiles. Yes and no. Okay. Yes, under the new covenant. But ah, think yes. back under the old covenant, the book of Esther. After God delivered the Jewish people, it says in Esther, many... Persians became Jews. They converted into the Jewish faith. The Egyptians that left with the Israelis, they were incorporated into the house of Israel. And you see, sometimes in mass numbers, mainly it was individuals from different times and different places. You see Rahab, you see Ruth, you see other individuals that come into the house of Israel. But according to the New Covenant, Prior to this, we have Cornelius in Caesarea. Mm -hmm. There's not an issue of circumcision at that point. Now, he was a God-fearing Gentile. What that probably means is that he was not an idol worshiper. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. He had respect for the Jewish people. He probably even went to the synagogues. He had respect for the law of Moses. He could have even possibly been circumcised. Hmm. But there's not an issue at all about his circumcision of the flesh there. So, yes, you are correct. Now, when we get to 46 through 48 A.D., chapters 13 and 14 in the book of Acts, we are seeing mass numbers of Gentiles come to faith. Hmm. Any other questions about this background before I continue? No, I just think it's very interesting on that setting. It it seems to indicate that this is really the, the very first, I guess, organized teaching on what to do with these Gentiles who haven't had a Jewish background like all of the other Christians beforehand. Yes, and remember the name Christian is probably not even being used. Well, let me back up. It is being used, but just it's a term that developed within Antioch. Mm -hmm. These are Jewish people bringing the gospel... Of the Jewish Messiah. Of the Jewish Messiah, of salvation of a new covenant to the Gentiles. And this is the very first teaching on that, I assume, is what we're also, in terms of how to handle that in the New Testament context. Yes, I would say that this is the first real conflict. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go too far into the historical background because I wanted to come out within the text. Got it. But there are going to be individuals from Jacob that we just studied, the letter that mm-hmm. Jacob wrote from Jerusalem that come and scout out in Galatia This is the region of Galatia, and I believe it was the southern region of Galatia, that there was a southern region of Galatia, and they go and spy out. They hear about what has happened to the Gentiles, and they're amazed by it, but they feel like what Barnabas and Paul have done is not complete. They're not saved. They're not completely saved because they have not given them the circumcision of the flesh. Mm. And let's not go too far into it. Let's let the text bring that out. And that's what Acts chapter 15 is going to deal with, this whole issue. How is a person complete and how is a person saved? And in Acts chapter 15, they are going to determine that a person is saved by the grace of the Messiah, full stop period. That's it. That's how we come into the kingdom. And then they're going to tell them to remember four things that we will go over as we go through the book of Acts. Four things to remember because the law of Moses is being taught in all of these cities where these Gentiles are coming to faith. So between Acts 14 and 15, I believe that there's a private meeting that takes place. And and it's even described as a private meeting that Paul goes down to Jerusalem and they discuss these things. And this is a forerunner to what's going to take place in Acts chapter 15. And hopefully this makes sense to everyone. Now, something I want to say about the book of Acts. The book of Acts is 35 years of the early believing church. The church is the followers, the congregation, the assembly of Yeshua, of Jesus, It's not a building. We tend to think of a church as a building, but it's the followers of Yeshua. And now for the, at this point, after Acts chapter 14, mass numbers of Gentiles are coming into the faith of followers of Yeshua. 
and we're starting to deal with that. The book of Acts is 35 years from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, to the Gentile world as well. So we're seeing this progression. Most of the letters that are written are written during these 35 years. There are some after, and John's writings even come after A.D. 70, the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the Second Temple. So we're looking at the context of the book of Acts. Jacob after Acts chapter 8. Now Galatians after the chapters 13 and 14 of the book of Acts, prior to Acts chapter 15. This should give the reader, if you're listening to what we are saying, go back and read those first 15 chapters of the book of Acts. See this progression. This is a progression all the way from 28 AD, I believe, all the way to this point to about 48 AD. So we're dealing with 20 years of early church history as we're looking at this letter. And at this point, please remember this. This is something that always surprises individuals. Where are they teaching? Where are they preaching from? Where are they sharing the good news? They are sharing the good news from Isaiah and Daniel and from the Psalms and from Deuteronomy. And they're going through the Old Covenant, the Hebrew Scriptures, but it's the Hebrew Scriptures in the Greek language because as the Jews are scattered abroad, Greek is probably their first language. If it's not their first language, most of them have a working knowledge of the Greek language, of Koine Greek. Did you know that the largest Jewish community in the world at that time is not in Jerusalem, it's in Alexandria, Egypt? Mm -hmm. And their first language was Greek. Mm -hmm. That's where the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, was translated into the Greek language. And so they are writing to them in the Greek language, but they're preaching from Isaiah, preaching from Jeremiah about a new covenant. And at this point, historically, this is the second letter written chronologically that ends up in the New Covenant canon. Hmm. Now, before we close out this historical background, hopefully this gives a good overview that we're coming into it in this historical setting. Any last questions about this, Yoni? That's great. Thank you. Okay, Yoni says no. <laughs> so we're going to end this podcast right here. It's about 15 minutes long of historical background. And then the next podcast, we're going to jump right into chapter 1. And do go back and read the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, all the way to chapter 15. And that will give you a good historical background as we look at the Gentiles coming to faith in Yeshua the Messiah. If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at info at integritygm.com. And connect with us on Instagram at Integrity underscore Global and Facebook at Integrity Global Missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.